Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. You've tuned in to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I am your host, the one and only Todd Huff. It is my pleasure to be here. And the ante has been upped yet again by Justin Trudeau. This is, um, I look, this is what's happening in Canada. And by the way, folks, email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. That is um, the best way to get us. Uh, communicate with me, thoughts, questions, feedback, and of course, as always, adoration and praise. We're in a new new location as we're traveling uh, across the country here. We're just a little bit outside of New Orleans. I've never been here before and hope to get into the city a little bit later in the week. Check it out a bit. But anyhow, um, let's talk here about what is going on. <laughs> what is going on in Canada We've gone on, uh, we, we've talked about this a lot in the past few weeks, and I think it is completely justifiable and important to talk about this. And yes, I want to talk about Trump and the Clintons, and yes, I want to talk about Durham and all this other stuff. This, by the way, I want to say this, I think, I do think that this candidly is one of the strategies one of the strategies of the left, of the media, it's 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 harder to get one radical thing passed at a time than it is to just turn on the fire hose full blast, right? Turn it on full blast, put the American people's faces up to said fire hose and say, good luck, good luck drinking the amount of information uh, or the amount of policies or ridiculous things or infringements upon your liberties and so forth that you can possibly absorb, that you can possibly take in. And that's what happens here. So that's when all these things are going on. I, You know, I sit here as I, as I prepare to talk with you, and I don't have notes. I have, I read information, I digest it, I think about it, and I come and talk with you about it. And I got to tell you, <laughs> half the time, Half the time, I have to say, what am I not going to get to? I mean, really, what am I not going to get to? Because there is so much, so much going on. And so I really try to start with the with the things that I think are, at the moment, most important. And that is a tough thing right now. And so I still think what's happening in Canada is, and I know it's outside the bounds of, of this country, but... What people are experiencing there and indirectly here or here as well, but it's that's that's the latest battlefield for authoritarians is in Ottawa, Canada, thanks to these truckers. I think if they hold firm and you know uh, hold the line or whatever 
phrase you want to use here. If they stand up against this ridiculous overreach of government authority and tyranny, I do think, I do think that there can be a cascading effect. I've shared that with you. You know, I've shared that with friends, friends who are trying to deal with uh, mask mandates at school districts, children who are upset the night before school, realizing they have to wear a mask yet again, two years into this debacle, right? Two years into this. It's, it's, it is remarkable to think how much, again, we've been fed from this water hose. Just inundate us with mandates and infringements upon liberty and, you know, bury stories or not report on things like the Clinton campaign spying on both a presidential candidate and not only a candidate, but as the Durham report has, or as Durham, as, as we've learned from the reports from, from Durham, I should say, um, when Trump was a sitting president, was being spied on. Trump was right. Huh, look at that. When, remember when Trump said that? He, his, his phones were being tapped, and he got mocked by people like, I don't know, probably Jon Stewart, probably Bill Maher, probably people, people by the way, who've, who've come around a bit, not that they're pro-Trump, but that they are kind of embarrassed or just dumbfounded by how far some of these radical leftists want to take this country, some of the things they want to try to get away with, some of the double standards, some of the hypocrisy, some of the lunacy that they're witnessing around this nation. But a lot of these folks you know, mocked this. I'm sure uh, Trevor Noah did. Probably... That's not even funny. I got to be honest. I I still don't think they're filming that show in front of live audience. Maybe they are. I I don't watch, but sometimes I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I watch the Office reruns, and I think it's the Office, and it butts up against that show, whatever it's called, uh, the Daily Show with Trevor Noah. And I'm telling you, you take the laugh lines or the, the audience cues out of that to laugh. That stuff and just from what you can see right now from the program is horrific. It's not even, it's not even borderline funny. It's, I don't even care your political ideology. It's just not funny anyway, but, but Trump was ridiculed, mocked and, um, and look, there was stuff to make fun of Trump about folks. There are things to make fun of me about. Oh my goodness. The left, the left can't say that by the way, the left cannot admit as we'll find with Justin Trudeau as we'll steer back into him. But the totalitarian authoritarian types cannot stand to be mocked <laughs> and ridiculed because after all, how can they how can they be subjected to being made fun of by mere peasants, my friends? People that are beneath them. How dare mere peasants? How dare mere peasants ridicule and mock those who are God's gift to them? I wish my microphone I could Hit a button to have the God reverb there because I might have done it, right? To illustrate just how much these folks really think, really think they are at least a couple of levels above me and you and the rest of Americans and in the case of Trudeau, the rest of Canadians. But even to the point where some of them kind of think they're they're flirting with deity almost. And then, of course, you've got the Kim Jong-uns of the world that completely have, you know, that's that's the requirement. You you bow down. You worship. He is God, so he says. 
Anyway, so what's happening in Canada right now? Well, Justin Trudeau has raised the stakes yet again. He's raised the stakes. He's coming after these truckers with every tool in his arsenal. And the truckers say, we're not budging, buddy. We're not going to budge. And they shouldn't, by the way. The truckers should not should not budge, uh, budge. They should stand firm. And what he's now done, Trudeau, is he's invoked what's called the Emergencies Act. Who has he invoked it against? Of, co- of course, against the truckers who are participating in the Freedom Convoy. I want to read. Oz, Oz forwarded me this earlier. I've read on this a couple places too, but I want to read from this. This is an article written by the Washington Post. And of course, it's got one, two, three, four authors, which I've never really fully understood this, but whatever. There's four journalists, I guess. They're, they work at the Washington Post. I whatever you want to call the folks that work at the Washington Post. Four of them got together to write this. But I just remember, this is the Washington Post. This isn't some, this isn't Breitbart. This isn't, um, you know, some conservative news outlet. This is the Washington Post. And I want you to listen to part of this. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, under pressure to quell the chaos by dem- uh, caused by demonstrations against public health measures that, have eroded trust in public institutions and tarnished Canada's reputation abroad, on Monday became the first Canadian leader to invoke the country's Emergencies Act. So pause. Even the journalists, so well, I don't know, so-called journalists, make-believe journalists, maybe there's a couple of real ones. I don't know these four, so I shouldn't say that, but when you tell me you're with the Washington Post, I get a little skeptical. No, I get very skeptical. But they even mention in this uh, opening sentence, which is quite lengthy, by I might add, they say that these uh, public health measures have eroded trust in public institutions and tarnished Canada's reputation abroad. They continue, the law which was passed in 1988 but never used before. So this has never been used before, folks. And it's being used to target truckers who simply do not want to be forced into vaccination against COVID-19. This is what they think, or I should say Trudeau thinks, is worthy of invoking the Emergency Act. Right? DEFCON 5, whatever. We've got such an emergency in the country that they have to invoke the Emergencies Act to stop these truckers and of course it's never been used before it passed in 1988 Um, it will give police quote more tools to bring order to areas where public assemblies quote constitute illegal and dangerous activities trudeau said dangerous waiting for trudeau to chime in on the dangers of what black lives matter has done in recent years for example Continuing back to the article, financial institutions, meanwhile, will be will get sweeping powers to halt the flow of funding to the self-styled freedom convoy. So financial institutions are going to be able to now stop the flow of money to this group, which, by the way, has already happened, right? I mean, we've seen this with, what is it, uh, the, the tyrants at GoFundMe, and... 
we've seen what they've already done with the Give, Send, Go campaign. So this, in a sense, is not necessarily new. But nonetheless, this, I guess, now has official legs to it because it's under this um, Emergencies Act or whatever this stupid thing is called. The demonstrations began in Ottawa on January 28th, but soon rippled across the country, choking off several U.S.-Canada border crossings. Trudeau said it had become clear that despite their best efforts, despite their best efforts, wouldn't a best effort involve, I don't know, a phone call? (laughs) Wouldn't a best effort involve... I don't know, an email, a meeting. Oh, dare I suggest a meeting between these folks? Trudeau will not even hear, technically hear their their grievances. They must be shut up. Folks, this is how totalitarians believe. I know, I know that it is a tough pill to swallow that Justin Trudeau, who, as I played yesterday in a soundbite from Bill Maher, Bill Maher said, I, you know, thought he was kind of a cool guy. I never thought that. I said that yesterday. Trudeau did not strike me slightly, remotely as a, as a cool guy. Trudeau struck me as a leftist. I mean, it's never been surprising to me who just, Justin Trudeau is. And candidly, it shouldn't be surprising to anyone who pays any amount of, of attention whatsoever. People, when they think of, uh, I tell you, it is it is remarkable the amount of misunderstanding that otherwise smart and educated people have about what a totalitarian or what an authoritarian looks like, right? They just, folks, there are stories. There are stories of Joseph Stalin. Joseph Stalin, of course, Russian, Soviet, I should say dictator, communist dictator thug, killing millions of his own people, throwing people into gulags, prison camps, um, for a variety of reasons, ultimately because he wanted them there. Either they worshipped God or they disagreed with him or they didn't, uh, they, they caused him trouble. It didn't even matter. He could throw them in there virtually for whatever reason he wanted to do. And... Stalin, it's I've I've read and heard the stories, but to paraphrase one of the stories, is that people when they were locked in these gulags would be singing the praises of Joseph Stalin, the dictator, the very person who put them there. They would be singing his praises, even as they were locked away, unwilling to connect the dots, unwilling to complete the picture, unwilling to accept the reality that the person that said certain things or who looked a certain way, behaved a certain way in front of the camera, told people something that he wasn't going to do. Of course, he would then do it. This is what dictators do. And people get confused. Some people get confused between trying to reconcile that. Well, he said he wasn't going to. He says he's for the working class. Of course, he's thrown me in the... They they never even connected that dot. So much so that they would sing his praises from the prison cells that he placed them in. Literally, this is what happened. And folks, there are some people, we just have to accept this. I hope it's not too many. But there are some people that someone who 
what's the, the, the line from Shakespeare? One of Shakespeare, is it Hamlet? One may smile and smile and be a villain. One may smile and smile and be a villain. Well, some folks think one may smile and smile and be my savior. One may smile and smile and be incapable of doing anything wrong whatsoever. One may smile and smile and tell me things and then do them, but I will focus only on what he says and not on what he actually does. You know, I've actually, I used to read books of quotes as a young man, and I remember one of them that struck me. I might, I'm paraphrasing, so this isn't maybe perfectly right, but I believe it was this, and I don't know who said this. I didn't come up with this, so don't give me credit for this. But it was written, someone said, that what you do speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. Folks, if we would simply adopt that mindset, we, I'm talking about America. I'm talking about all freedom-loving people around the world. I'm talking about all people who are dealing with authoritarian, totalitarian. I don't care what local mayors, governors, presidents, in the case of Trudeau, prime minister. If we would wrap our heads, heads collectively around that statement, what you do speaks so loudly, prime minister Trudeau, I cannot hear what you're saying. You have invoked the Emergencies Act on a bunch of truckers who simply want to have the freedom to reject a vaccine that's being forced upon them. Their bodies, their choice. I mean, you can take it any number of directions. But here we are. Got to take a break, my friends. More on this when we get back. Listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, the one and only Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, program brought to you by Killadent Removal. If you've got a ding, a dent, something from hail, a hailstorm, maybe it's something that you've gotten from a parking lot with a cart or someone's dinged your door. But these dents may be bigger than dings. I mean, some of these dents that they can take care of using the paintless dent removal process can be a lot bigger than I expected. I've been to the shop and Sid's taken me for a bit of a tour and shown me some of the things there. But if you have some dents and dings in your vehicle, consider reaching out to our friends at Killadent Removal. See if they can help you out. Killadent Removal Services, conveniently located in Indianapolis on the near west side. Killadent Removal. So let's get back here to this uh, discussion on what Trudeau has done. What Trudeau has done. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm still looking at this article in the uh, the Washington Post of all. Of all places, Trudeau says this has gone on for too long. It is no longer a lawful protest against federal government policy. It is now an illegal occupation. There you go. Now, what's funny is, it's not funny, but literally, I've gone through this before. Chaz, Chop, one of those, it's the same group. The same group of people that ran out of clean underwear, orange wedges, and Capri Sun had to go back to mommy's basement after they were in charge of a portion of the city of Seattle for, I don't know, we, we measured it by hours here. They they really didn't, it was a couple of days 
Um, it wasn't even weeks. They, they, they couldn't. That, that Weeks were like an eternity to these folks. And, but the point is, they were literally an occupation. No one, the media and governments had no problem. In fact, Seattle was pretty, uh, pretty much talking about giving, I shouldn't say pretty much, they absolutely were talking about giving a police precinct to Chaz or Chop, whichever. It's the same thing, crazy radical lunatics. But the O, is that right? The, um... The O stood for occupiers or remember Occupy Wall Street? Remember that radical bunch? Got those out there as well. Radical leftists. That stuff was cool. That stuff's necessary in the minds of uh, some of these insane politicians and media folks. In fact, they use that. They use that rage. They use that energy, negativity to push through some of the radical policies to fundraise and to, you know, get, I don't know, to get tweeted from some of these just (laughs) radicals, radical leftists. Anyway, this is considered an occupation, the truckers. They are occupying, so says Justin Trudeau, the city of Ottawa. And it's time, he says, for people to go home. I'm reading it from the article here. It says this. He's pledged that the measures would be time-limited. Of course they would be. Of course. Time-limited, geographically targeted, and proportionate to the threats to Canada's national security. Dare I suggest that by invoking this law to stop a bunch of truckers from protesting in your capital city, you've already shown that you do not understand the concept of proportionality, Prime Minister Trudeau. So... He said the act was not being used to deploy the military. I should They should put in this article yet, <laughs> yet, because that is certainly the direction that this is heading. I'm not predicting that will happen. I am, however, telling you what is absolutely there for anybody who wants to see. That's the direction this is going. Ottawa Police Chief uh, Peter Slowly, Slowly, you got to be kidding me, has said that military aid might be needed to stamp out the unrest. It is bad enough that they need the military to stop the truckers from honking their horns. And I don't know how else to say this, folks, from from carrying gas cans, from um, what else are they doing? Singing songs and dancing in the streets. Did you see the bouncy houses? Maybe they, they need police and military personnel to help raid those. I don't know. If, if this is what the Canadian military's capabilities are, or I'm sorry, the police's uh, capabilities are, where they need the military to help take down a bouncy house party, a street party, then I've got a lot of serious questions about their capabilities of doing anything. And this isn't directed at any particular officer. I'm talking about the leadership and the mentality that it takes to run these These organizations. Now, this is the part I wanted to get to, and i got to take a break after this. But he says this, invoking the Emergencies Act is never the first thing a government should do, or even the second. The act is to be used sparingly and as a last resort. Again, the act has never, never been used since it was written in 1988. And you mean to tell me, and of all the things... That have happened since 1988. This is the one. This is the 
instance, the example, this is where we got to open up the can of worms, the can of, you know, whatever. You could insert another phrase there on these truckers to be used as sparingly as possible as a last resort. He says, right now, the situation requires additional tools not held by any other federal, provincial, or territorial law. So he's admitting, he's admitting that it's time to go outside the normal course of law. This is an emergency. DEFCON 5, right, right, right. This is exactly what we're supposed to believe. Authoritarian. This is, when you think Justin Trudeau, authoritarian should be the first word that comes to your mind. Not even, not even liberal, not even super cool as Bill Maher thought. None of that stuff. Authoritarian. 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 Folks, this has reminded me, we're going to go through this on the next uh, next segment here. But it's reminded me of when the founders wrote the declaration. I want to share something with you on that after the break. Because I think I think there is it's analogous here with what the people of Canada and of course the people here as well. But this is this is bigger than Canada, Ottawa, bigger than Justin Trudeau. He doesn't think it is, but it's bigger than Justin Trudeau. This is about what governments are going to be allowed to do to their people period, around the world. Well, there's uh, some horrific governments around the world, but we're talking we're talking about places that should be leading the world when it comes to liberty and opportunity and being a, you know, along with the United States leading the way, but joining with us in being that shining city on a hill. These are places that should have it figured out, that should know how important it is to make sure that all citizens, whether the government agrees with them or not, maintain their individual liberties. Justin Trudeau does not believe that. He is completely and wholly unfit for office, 100%, absolutely unequivocally unworthy to hold political office. I'm not a voter in in Canada and, and so forth, but this guy is a complete and utter train wreck. He is not a friend of democracy, as he says, not a friend of liberty and freedom. He is a authoritarian and authoritarian, I should say. Quick time out, my friends, back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So let's talk a little bit about what our founders endured and how we got how we got to the point of of fighting for our independence. The founders, in fact, if you read the Declaration of Independence, which of course was written, was penned by um, Jefferson, if you read that document, you will find that there are 27 27 examples um, of grievances, 27 grievances in the United States Declaration of Independence. And if you read that document, or even if you just, you can Google this, right? And a lot of you know this, or I don't, please don't misunderstand me. But in, in this document, 27 grievances. And it's really meant to, there's a lot, this is a, a beautiful document. So I don't want to say that can be summarized just in a sentence or whatever, but it's really meant to be understood 
as a series of, what do I want to say? It, it's almost a cause and effect sort of thing um, to where the founders said, you did this, right? We've tried, we've tried, we've made every possible attempt to find a way, to find a solution here that would not tear this nation away from um, from the king. We didn't, weren't, we've come to the point to where it is, we've reached a, a point of complete irreconcilable differences. Obviously so. And so these grievances, one after another in this document, point out, they they give us kind of a, a summary of what the founders were enduring, how the king was basically trampling upon their rights and their dignity, intentionally trying to, to, to make things difficult. Now, at every step along the way, when people began to come to the realization that the king was trying to, you know, harm or make things difficult intentionally on the founders. And by the way, having things made difficult in your life in the 1760s and 70s is not, I'm not minimizing um, having government making things tough on us now. The, it, the same principles hold true. But we're talking about a group of people that came to settle the new world. And they, they got into all sorts of problems. We talk about the pilgrims and the number of people that were lost that first winter. I mean, there's still like, the, the lost colony of um, is it Roanoke. But the, the you, you've got all these struggles that these folks were dealing with. And then on top of that, just, just by being here, trying to figure things, figure things out, starting businesses, live at peace, you know, deal with, uh, deal with living with, um, other, you know, the Spanish were in, were in Florida and, uh, the French were in Canada and there's the native American, um, folks that they were dealing with and trying to figure that out. Well, I don't want to get into all that, but it wasn't just like it is. It, it wasn't just like the internet was down, right? It's not, it's not just like, um, the, you know, having a tax levied upon them was like another 10 cents, you know, for a cup of coffee or something. I mean, this, this hurt them in dramatic ways. I mean, this really made things difficult. It shouldn't be excused period. I'm not saying that it should be excused today, but, they they really went out of their way and every time every time the king took some tyrannical action more and more people began to come to the conclusion this this is who this guy is he's a totalitarian he's an authoritarian you know and the 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 energy the movement started you know small and then it grew because folks the truth is the people that were pointing this out, that the king was being an authoritarian tyrant, were right. See, truth does matter. If he wasn't being that, then it would not have been a movement that would have ever caught on. And they gave this joker multiple chances, many chances, again, 27 attempts effectively that are listed in the, or the, the Declaration of Independence. And so each time... The king did this, he did that, 
we wanted representatives. He intentionally prevented that. He, you know, had the Stamp Act, the sugar. I mean, all the all these things. He's harming us. He's trying to he's trying to intend intentionally cause harm to us, make our lives more difficult, punish us, make it harder to survive over here at some level. And eventually it became enough. It became enough. And that is how I really do see. I really do see what is happening in Canada. It has the potential, right? It comes down to the people who are involved. It comes down to really how far does Trudeau want to take this? Does he really want to be that guy who's going to send the military? And I'm not predicting this, but does he really want to go there? Because at some level, folks, and, and this is this is true, this is true for any government. When it loses its ability to have the consent of the governed, it loses it, you cannot enforce the law out of that. I mean, if if that's the problem, the, the government has made itself illegitimate at some point. The people say, I, I don't even consent to what this government is doing. And it's hard to use law enforcement as a tool. I would potentially say impossible, right? That's why totalitarians, totalitarians will keep raising, you know, that they, they're not going to back down. That's why we have gulags. I mean, that's why we had, and there's still places like this around the world. Incidentally, in China, which um, we're not supposed to talk about if we're, uh, well, I don't care about it on here, but NBA players, NBA owners can't mention that. The hypocrisy shouldn't even come up. They don't want it to come up during the Olympics. No, no, no. Um, that stuff shouldn't be discussed, and it shouldn't matter. So they say, of course, it absolutely matters. But this stuff does happen around the world. It should not happen anywhere. But it's uh, it's even, uh, I don't want to say extra problematic, because anytime any person around the world is dealing with this, it is... It is an unnecessary evil in our world that we have to that we're dealing with. But it's especially bothersome to think that it's now happening in the places that should be these beacons um, of of hope. And I don't want to put Canada's government on the same plane as what our founders built here. But I mean, they have, you know, we're not talking about um, the something like the Islamic Republic of Iran. You know what I mean? This isn't, isn't um, or the former Soviet Union, or the Taliban. I mean, this is a, a Western democracy. And now they're using the Emergency Act to stop truckers from honking in the city of Ottawa. Does that sound proportionate to you? Does that sound, or does that sound more like some of the things, if you read the Declaration, does it not have echoes of what the founders were dealing with in the 18th century? Quick time out, my friends. Got to take a break. Back here in Mere Moments. Folks, you're going to love this. Washington Post also shows, or according to reports, this is the headline, Southwest drought is the most extreme in, am I taking any guesses how many years? This is the number of years. Southwest drought is the most extreme in 1,200 years. Study finds. Well, my first question is, 
the, do we is that just as far back as the study could go? 1200 years. You know, my my kids went uh oh when we were in Florida somewhere with my family to see a it was like a 2000-year-old tree or something. I don't know if if they've gone back and dissected trees that might, that might be I don't know what they've done here, but they can tell us with certainty. Of course, they can't tell us what the weather is going to be like on Thursday, but nonetheless, they can tell us that studies, the study has shown that the southwest drought is the most extreme it's been in 1,200 years. But does it not go back? Does it go back 1,201? And if it's 1,201, what caused that? I mean, they want, I'm telling you, that you, when I say there's a lot of things to keep your eye on, this is one of them. And I'm telling you right now what is going to happen at some point at some point in the future, and I don't know if we're talking months, years, what have you, but this is going to happen. The government has seen, the government has seen how effective, um, using terms like emergency, and again, I'm not saying COVID was fake. You have to understand, we have to be of the understanding that the folks in government look at these things um, the radicals, anyway, the authoritarian types look at these things, and you can at one time see that there's a real problem. Looking, for people are looking for real solutions, but at the same time, they see the response. They understand how people act in response to these things, and using. Do not be the slightest bit surprised if there is a climate emergency at some point in the future where they tell us we can't be driving to work for two weeks or two, who knows, to the store. You get, go to the store on certain days of the week, just like you had to have your mask before. There's going to be some similarities. But do not be the slightest bit surprised if they use this or try to get away with it. And it's from stuff like this. Well, folks, the worst in 1,200 years. We've got to do something, right? Just like we got to do something, wear your mask. Even if it doesn't work, it was kind of the thought at the beginning. you got to try. got to do something. Oh, these folks never, ever sleep. Quick time out, my friends. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Just want to say a few words about what's uh, been recently discovered. And I know, look, I get, I get asked these questions sometimes. Is anything going to come from this Durham report? And, and uh, I have to be... I'm just straight with you. I history would tell us no. I, I I hate to say that to you. Now, does that mean that there should not be things in there that I mean are absolutely appalling to us? No, that doesn't mean that there should be. Does that mean that people cannot say enough is enough and that there could be political consequences? No, that doesn't mean that either. In fact, I think there might be those things. But as far as as far as, I mean, folks, the Clintons had gotten away with stuff for, I don't know, what, 30, 40 years, maybe maybe longer. I mean, they they view themselves as, as untouchable, and, and candidly, that's an understandable position given where their track record has proven that to be the case. But anyway, we'll see what else comes out. More about that as time goes on. I've got to go, though. SDG, folks, take care. <laughs>